you for calling Ira. Thanks for calling Ira. Thank you for calling Ira. Thank you for calling Ira. What would you like to do today? today? Welcome to IraCast, the official podcast of Ira Tech Corp. Episode 45, what's the AI stand for? Hi, everyone. This is your producer and host of IraCast, Janine Stanley, and a special thanks to our friends from Eleven Labs, the AI-generated voices that you heard at the beginning of this podcast right after our live and friendly Ira agents. Yeah, this podcast is all about those two letters, AI. First, we're going to hear an interview with Tiffany Minash, one of our agent trainers and special project folks here at Ira, all about her visit to the CSUN conference. Then we'll answer that eternal question, what does Ira actually stand for and where's our AI? Finally, we'll go over the new features in the Ira Explorer app that have just recently come out in an update. Remember, if you experience a behavior that you didn't expect from the app, either good or bad, be sure to rate that in the app rating section after a call in the Ira Explorer app. Please do keep the Ira Legacy app if you are on iOS, because it has some features that aren't available yet in the Ira Explorer app. For example, being able to change your payment method. Right now, we are exploring other ways to allow you to do that and make some other changes to your account. And until we have those programmed, we would like you to use the legacy app to be able to change your payment method or preferably give customer care a call at 1-800-835-1934 or email them at support at ira.io. That's S-U-P-P-O-R-T at A-I-R-A dot I-O. And now if you all aren't familiar, there is a company called Eleven Labs that produces very amazing synthesized voices using AI. The voices used in this podcast are not voices of actual human beings. So if you do hear synthetic speech and are able to recognize it as such, that's where the voices are coming from. We use them here for clarity and simplicity and so that Janine can get you a podcast out much more quickly. Well, let's get to it. Here's our interview with Tiffany Minash. We are here today with Tiffany Minash, who is one of our IRA agent trainers. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Janine. How are you? I am great. I think I finally recovered from CSUN. So you have been to CSUN, which is, the, of course, the California State University Northridge Assistive Technology Conference. Woo, can't believe I got all that out. But you have been there a number of times, so maybe you can kind of give us a perspective of sort of then and now and how things have changed over the years. So CSUN started in L.A. Um, there at the Marriott, and then it moved to San Diego. And I have to say that I really enjoyed it when it was in San Diego. Things were laid out better than they are now. Unfortunately, now it's really a maze to find the various booths. And you really have to go to each booth. And what was interesting is when this year, when I was at booths, I would say, what booth are you? And the person who was sighted standing there at the booth would turn around and look at their backdrop of their booth and say, um, I don't know. And for 
anybody who is wondering, all the booths are numbered, and they come in this directory that is organized by number, not necessarily by name. And so you're sort of looking at this going, okay, I need to find booth 604 and booth 405 and booth 1110 or 1011 in this case. And you're sort of wandering around and, you know, I had no idea that some people were like two booths down from us. Not a clue. So, yeah, yeah. it's quite it, it really was, was amazing. And unfortunately, it seems like it's gotten worse over the years as far as, okay, we'll put a booth here and maybe there'll be two more down from it. And then there's no more in that aisle. And you got to go up the other side to find what you're looking for. Or it's down at the very end facing towards the aisles, you know, along the back wall. Or just as you come in, there was a booth that would start in the aisleway before you actually went down the aisles to the 100s or 200s or 300s. And so you weren't really sure, okay, am I at the right aisle or or not? And, you know, that that was very frustrating as well. Mm-hmm. I will have to say there were a couple of booths, including Ira, that had Braille signage with Yay. the name and the booth number. Um, Yay, make sure was, that that happened. <laughs> uh, very few and far between. And that is one thing that I think would really improve not only the visibility of each booth, but also as far as navigating uh, the halls to, to have that just to put your hand on the, the booth and goes, oh, this is Ira, booth 603. Okay. We're so used to finding that at other blindness and low vision conferences that it's kind of odd that they didn't set that up for this particular conference. Yeah. And uh, like I say, a couple of booths had it. They didn't have the booth number, but they had their name, which was great because I come very well prepared when I come to CSUN. I actually go through that directory and I brill out index cards of all the booths that I want to try and hit while I'm there. And so if I found a booth name that I knew was in my list, I just went through my cards like, oh, that's booth 805. Okay, I know I'm in the 800 aisle, and I know I've got to go to the, to you know, uh, this end of the booth and aisle, and I'm going to turn left and maybe go over two to go into the 600s, because that's the next one I want to try and hit. Having, you know the knowledge of what was there ahead of time, which CSUN does do a really good job of providing that directory. So you can look um, up the various booths and and read about the, the description of what they're going to have is very helpful in, in preparing yourself ahead of time. And I think doing your homework, especially if all you're doing is visiting the exhibits, is the way to really tackle that and um, have a head start of, of what's there and what you want to see. Agreed. And visiting the exhibits is actually free. You can get an exhibit pass, and that is free. So if you are traveling, you know, to the LA area, I, I honestly, I cannot wait for it to be back in San Diego. I think we debuted while they were in San Diego, which was pretty exciting to debut in Ira's hometown. But I can't wait for it to be back in San Diego, too, because I heard that was just a, a great venue. So and the Marriott staff was fantastic. Um, but that is a humongous hotel. That is one of yeah. the biggest ballrooms I've ever been in. I, it was absolutely huge for the exhibit hall. And so, and there were two of them. 
Yeah, yeah. There was a big one and a small one. And, and uh, I went into the small one once or twice and said, okay, I, you know, didn't really have that much time as an exhibitor to actually walk around, but um, it was really confusing to me. Okay, wait a minute, which, where, what? <laughs> Yeah. And I know people that have been there year after year who kind of had it down. I was just beginning to understand it by the end. But yeah. um yeah. and yeah. being on a, a corner of an aisle kind of helped us too. We we like that position and we'll probably be there next year hopefully uh in the same place. So we will see. So speaking of the exhibit hall, and although there are a lot of presentations at CSUN, those are the paid portion of the conference. And those, again, are something that I remember, oh gosh, it's been probably 10 years ago, they had a conference planning tool where you could map out all of the things you wanted to go to. It was sort of like WWDC, where you can map everything out that you wanted to go to, and it would pop up and tell you where that thing was. And and uh, although the presentations, all that was uh, available ahead of time, and there were some amazing ones from what I hear. Yeah, um, same here. Yeah, and I don't know if they're going to make all of those public. They weren't uh, recording all of them, but they did record some of them. So we will stick with the exhibit hall. So what did you see that you just went, whoa, wow? So a friend of mine had told me about this app called OKO. Yeah. And the exhibitor is AIs or A-Y-E-S. I don't know how you pronounce it. Mm. That's the company name and the app is OKO. And what this app does, and they had a mock demo that you could actually practice with in the exhibit hall, which I thought was awesome. Um, so what the app does is it allows you to see a pedestrian walk signal if it is on or off or if there is a countdown within the pedestrian signal. Oh. So the minute the camera saw the the walk sign green, um, it gave you a very fast haptic feedback on your phone. And it would then let you know that it is, you know, the light is green, the walk signal is on, and you can, you know, proceed to walk across that street. And then when it went red, it gave you a very slow haptic feedback. So you knew the difference between the two. There was no question, okay, which one am I at? You could really tell the difference between the two. And there are some areas where that pedestrian signal is going to have a countdown And that was an in-between signal between the really fast and the really slow. So you knew, okay, I don't want to cross yet. I want to wait for a fresh, you know, signal to cross the street correctly. The other thing that was really cool is, so the guy that was was working with me and, and showing me how it worked, he goes, okay, I want you to either veer your camera a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left. And so I did. And the minute you do that, the haptic feedback stops. Oh, so you know that you've veered one way or the other. Oh, I was going to ask about this. Okay. Yeah. And then the minute you brought it back, connecting to the signal, the feedback came back. Oh, wow. Now, so, have you had a chance to play with this um, since? I did. There was a street that I crossed just the other day that does not have a really good audible signal, and it caught the the walk signal and I could tell the difference of okay yes it's green or no it's not and uh crossed 
No. Wow. As, as I should with my other O&M skills. Yep. And it was just phenomenal because wow. there are some areas where you don't have an audible pedestrian signal and there are some places that you do. So yep. just to have another tool in my toolbox to allow me to be independent is just phenomenal. Oh, exactly. And this is all done on device. So it's not like you have to have an internet connection or anything nope, like no that. No Wi-Fi, no data, ah, no nothing. It's just through the me. app. Yeah, it was really and cool. Once again... That's probably leading into, we'll get to a couple other cool things in the exhibit hall, but that's really leaning into the big buzzword for the conference, AI. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And this next app, which um, they're looking, they were asking for beta tester, testers, was ARXQ. Um, so if you're familiar with um, ARX Vision, um, it is a pair of bone conducting headsets that has a camera that you can connect to an Android phone and use it as uh, connecting with Ira, Be My Eyes, those kind of things for um, visual interpreters. Um, and um, I believe that Ira has a... a contract with them is that correct we do we are working with them in fact i got to meet uh, charles at csun which was great we've interviewed him here for this podcast and uh, finally got to meet him and we are working with him uh on you know how we're going to move forward with the um arx glasses and or the headset actually it's not glasses it's a headset headset yeah yeah, it's a bone conducting headset. Because yeah, we has love their dual cameras. <laughs> yeah, one on each side, which is really cool. So with this same company, once again, an app um, that you would download on your phone. And right now it's just the Android, but the iOS is coming in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And he had a Cheesecake Factory menu at the booth. He opened up the menu to the burgers. He goes, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to scan this page um, with the app. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you hear it cross, you know, it'll click to take the picture, you need to wait just a couple of seconds. And then there was a button on my Android phone that I'm going to push. And I'll tell you once so he gave me a three, two, one countdown. He goes, and I want you to ask a question. So I heard it take the picture. You know, I gave it that couple of seconds. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. And I asked, do you have any vegan items? Because my friend who was with me is vegan. And it said, yes, we have an Impossible Burger that has the following items available to choose from. And it listed mushrooms, tomatoes, bell peppers, all the things you might put on a vegan burger Mm -hmm. for someone who's vegan. Oh, nice. And I said, okay, can I ask another question? He goes, yeah. So I asked, do you have anything gluten-free? Because I have severe food allergies and one of them is gluten. Mm -hmm. And it said, yes, we have many items, but it's best to ask your server if we have that item in stock today. Oh, wow. Excellent. And And so I'm like, all right, I want you to flip (laughs) to another page. Don't tell me. Yep, yep. And let me see if I can hear what it's saying mm-hmm. and then ask the question. He's like, all right. So he flipped through the menu. Oh, this will be a good page. So he took a picture. It told me I was on drinks. Mm. And I said, what's your specialty drink of the day? And it came back with tequila, pineapple, mango, something. You know, well, heck it was yeah. just like, um. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so wow. There is the AI in real Mm-hmm. action 
I mean, it was just awesome to be able to utilize something that can so quickly detect what it needs to as far as the text. And then for me to be able to ask questions and it to have a conversation with me with what it's looking at. And and with real language, not with specific phrases or anything like no, that that you have to remember. No, it was just a normal, normal conversation of, do you have this or is this available? You know, that kind cool. of a thing. And the other thing he said was is that they're working with the New York Museum with this app. And you can actually take a picture of a painting. It will describe the painting, say who the author is that created the painting, give you information about it in real time, you oh, know, wow. right there. Wow. So, you know, I see this as a huge game changer for, for people and not even people who are maybe blind or low vision, but mm -hmm. maybe anyone who has a disability who needs that audible description of, of something. Absolutely. Um, or needs maybe some help making those menu choices, finding the menu choices. If you have dyslexia and you're handed this giant menu. <laughs> right. You know, that's got to be really frustrating. So having yeah. this is just, um, it's amazing to me that we're here now. I mean, just wow. Yeah. Yeah. So those, I mean, there was lots of other great stuff, various vendors who had different canes. Yeah. I think there were like three different cane vendors that were the, well, I saw three different types of canes yep. anyway, yep. actually four, one that somebody was just using as a personal cane that I really liked. That was kind of fun that, that it was, I don't want to call it low tech because it's really not, but um, it was really interesting to see, you know, uh, I was waiting for the AI cane, but <laughs> didn't quite see that. But I did get to meet Amos Miller, who is the man who is responsible for Soundscape, the GPS app. Oh. And yeah, he was there um, just as a visitor to the conference. And Amos is working on a new mobility aid project. And he tells us that Soundscape may not disappear. It may not disappear. It just may reappear somewhere else. So I'm kind of crossing my fingers. But yeah, stay tuned for Amos and the mobility aid called the Glide. Did you check out the Braille displays? Yes. So APHs and I Monarch. Thank you, the Monarch. Uh that was just phenomenal. He had a, a map of the United States on it mm -hmm. and you can actually feel the outlines of it and so I was like navigating from California to Massachusetts and oh, cool. I actually found it and he's like, "Wow, that that's cool." <laughs> <laughs> And then he switched, you know, it was it's just a flip of a switch to go from a tactile map to actually being able to use it as a Braille display and reading information on the display. It's not, you know, a big cumbersome type of device. It's very handy and, and mm -hmm. compact so that you have a multiple line display that you could read books or, you know, whatever you want to. But then also if you're in a class that you need maps of it, it, it can switch, you know, really quickly to that so that you have equal access in the classrooms. And, and I really see that being a game changer because, you know, right now, I think that's a struggle for students who yes. are having to deal with being having accessible maps available to them. You know, this would have it right there at their fingertips. And I know that they are really working on that device being able to be 
kind of granular in what you see so you can zoom in on things and zoom out and all these yeah cool it was really cool so things. there was um at the upper right and upper left i believe there were upright down ah, um, yes. arrows that mm -hmm. so when i was going from california i just kept hitting the right arrow to get to the east coast and then up and down to find uh oh. massachusetts and then back um, west to find california again so you use those arrow keys to quickly navigate from panning it, you know, right to left and left to right. Cool. Cool. That is yeah. just yeah. amazing. And uh, I didn't get to see the Monarch, but I did get to see the dot pad, which was really intriguing to me. I had not seen it before and I'd heard a lot about it. So that was uh, that was a really interesting one to see too, in that it has the tactile area and then it has below it a line of actual written braille, just one line, but uh, and then along with the tactile area. And that one works with, I think, a Windows computer or an iPad. So that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I didn't get to that one. Um, I got to another one, and I, I'm drawing a blank on the name of it. But it had a tactile map already done, and it had a QR code in the upper right corner of the map. Ooh. And the camera took a picture of that QR code, and then you could put your finger anywhere on the map, and it would read aloud where you were so the first one he did was once again a map of the united states mm -hmm. and i just put my finger down anywhere i happened to land on nebraska and it told me the capital of nebraska the population and then the two-letter abbreviations like maybe oh, you're cool. learning the the states mm -hmm. um, and it gave you that information right there as you were looking at it and then he took that off and he put another map down they're from germany and he put um their office down and he goes, okay, and he put my finger on the one spot he wanted me to check out that they had um, mapped. And you can easily, very quickly add, remove oh. any contextual information into these maps. And I put my finger, and it said, it read aloud, behind this glass window is a small room with a refrigerator, microwave, and stove and sink. Oh, wow. Nice. So you actually got all the information of what was in that room before even going to it. But you could also feel the, you know, the map itself had raised lines and structures and so oh, forth. Wow. So anyone who might be going like into um, architecture or, you know, graphing or those kind of things, they could actually now really tell, okay, this is where this is. This is where, you know, maybe there's a stream over here with some water and had the different textures to tell what was what, but then you could also, you know, have it say, the different things within that that building oh wow i missed that one. Oh my yeah and then <laughs> i, think he I would have been there that, forever <laughs> well yeah then he pulled that off and he goes okay we want kids to really understand what braille is and how fun it can be so they put a tone to each of the six dots oh wow oh and, no <laughs> yeah and he would he would he goes okay and he tapped and the a was like a really high pitch and then a b was a little bit lower and you know so forth as it went through the the dots and it was just fascinating he goes you know this is a fun way for kids to learn braille oh because gosh, not only yeah. are they touching it tactily but they get to hear sounds mm -hmm. to make it fun and interactive and i was like oh man I, I did i sat there for at least an hour i think just playing with the different stuff <laughs> oh and... my gosh i definitely would have wow how did yeah. I miss those guys? Oh, now yeah. I'm going to have to look them up in the exhibitor book and see who that was. I'll, uh, I'll have to um, go through my pamphlets and, and let you know, because I did get a brochure with 
once again, a QR code that I can scan on my phone and, and it would tell me more about them. Oh, so cool. I'll have to do that and get back to you. But, you know, those are just a few highlights that really made an impression on me that there's so much technology out there for kids who are in K through 12 and mm-hmm. maybe learning Braille or, you know, needing assistive technology that we didn't have when we oh, were kids. Yes. And... Yes. Oh, wow. Especially this tactile, all of this uh, tactile information now that they're realizing how important it is. And, uh, oh, my gosh, I would have killed for that stuff in school. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So I just think it's a, it is just fabulous that these companies are, you know, exploring ways so that we have what we need in our hands. More tools in our toolboxes, you know, products, whatever it might be to make us more productive, successful, and independent as people who are blind or with low vision. Mm -hmm. And it, it really made it a fun two days. Yeah. I was interested, too. I stopped by a booth to kind of get my directions, and they were called Text Help. And what they do is supply text that is not in screen reader ease, because sometimes screen readers pronounce things, you know, badly. Funky. or Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or they're not reading it correctly in the case of um, math, especially with statistics. And Text Help is um, a program that you put on your computer and it allows you I believe is it a program or is it a web app now I'm trying to remember but it basically translates what is up there into whatever medium you're in let's say you're in the R program for statistics it's going to read that out correctly with all of the symbols and signage read in a way that would make sense to you if you were using that software to to you know figure out statistical issues. And that was really fascinating to me yeah. because I thought, well, I didn't ever really think about, you know, I thought, well, you can just turn on, you know, all punctuation and then you're going to lose your mind because, you know, well, all right, I've totally lost because I've heard all this punctuation. Now I've totally lost the the syntax of the equation or whatever it is. Right. And so that was, uh, that was pretty cool. And just the whole realization, I think, from a lot of companies that people have multiple disabilities. It's not right. just one or the other. And and how do you make products that's going to allow them to be able to interact with society yep. so, so that they have the same access as their sighted counterparts? And companies are doing that. They're, yeah. they're making software or apps or products that will allow multiple disabled people interact and this is what this conference is all about Mm -hmm. Um, and and why it is so much fun to go and and visit with the various booths is because of the products that they bring each year and you have a lot of the same ones each year but you Mm -hmm. also have a lot of new ones that interact and um, that's what makes it so interesting is to see what the, the newest and latest is is coming out with. Oh, yeah. I was really impressed to see how many company representatives were there, even though they might not have a booth. There were a number of people there from CVS Pharmacy and retail stores, from, uh, let's see, we met people from Morgan Chase, from Hilton, from just a number of different companies who actually sent their people and said, go to this. And what shocked me was how many of those companies have what they call innovation labs, where they can test products, including accessibility 
accessibility solutions. That blew me away. I was like, yeah. whoa, what world did I walk into? Wow, this <laughs> yeah. is awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah, just incredible. Now, did you have a chance to see the Sony booth? I heard they had a very cute little robot dog over there. Um, we did go to the Sony booth. We did not see the dog. They did not oh, show no. us that. Yeah, oh. no, no. <laughs> Oh, no. And Amazon was the other big company that was actually there. I did not make it to their booth, unfortunately. I think I made it like three rows past our booth. (laughs) Yeah, no, I did make it to Amazon, and I spent a little bit of time there. Um, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to know what the latest and greatest was. They showed Mm -hmm. me their bling camera, which I think is interesting. It's, you know, you have the ring, and now you have a bling. Oh, blink. Sorry, blink. Blink and, and ring. Um, are the two cameras that you can put on your front door type thing to announce if someone is there. Oh, wow. And what does um, the blink, what's um, what's the difference? So, to be honest, I really couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> um, oh, he only described it a little bit, so I didn't really see mm-hmm. it in action. Um, so I wasn't really able to tell. I have a ring device, and I love it. Mm-hmm. It really does let me know, hey, someone's at the front door. And mm-hmm. that's what I want to know about. Nice. Supposedly, from others that I've heard from, though, that this Blink camera will detect even more. So oh. it's more detailed. You know, maybe there's a dog at the front porch or, mm-hmm. you know, give you more specifics than the ring actually does. Interesting. Is what somebody has described to me. So I'm not 100% sure if that's true or not, but mm-hmm. that's what someone else has said. I'm, I'm waiting for that AI where you can ask it, okay, where yeah. did they put the package? Yes, yes. Because <laughs> right now. Who's at the, the front door? Is it the exactly. postman? Is it my, my pest control? Is, yes. Is it Amazon? <laughs> Yes. And who is that person taking the package from my porch? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, I really see AI coming into the scope of new technology, listening to various podcasts and they're interacting with chat GPT and, and how that is interacting with, you know, their podcasts, like asking a question and it's coming back with, you know, various information that they've asked is just phenomenal. And mm-hmm. like I say, technology is just growing in leaps and bounds to make things just fun. Yeah. I, I feel like back in the early 90s when we first had things like the, well, late 80s, early 90s, when we were getting into the Braille and Speak and some of the refreshable Braille displays and everybody said, wow, what a time, what a great time to be, you know, blind because here's all this technology and now look at it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So we will we will see what comes next. But Tiffany, you will be here with us at Ira, helping us test and helping us train agents, and and there yes. will still be a place for humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As always. Well, thank you so much for coming to IraCast, and uh, I'm sure we will be hearing more from you. Sounds great. Thank you, Janine. It's time to answer the eternal question does IRA stand for? Here are our friends from Eleven Labs to tell you. IRA was founded in 2015 to uniquely address the needs of people who are blind or have low vision by providing access to visual information, thereby providing independence and agency. Our mission is to remove barriers and make the world more accessible with visual interpreting. Whatever the reason, whatever the need, we provide access to visual information anytime, anywhere. Initially, The A, I, in our name stood for artificial intelligence and the R, A, stood for remote assistance. Although artificial intelligence is still a part of our service in the background, 
it's not our primary focus. Now, with millions of calls to date, the importance of a human in the loop, providing access to information that is sometimes rather nuanced, is abundantly clear. We have reinterpreted the meaning of our name. A.I. now stands for Access to Information. IRA is visual interpreting. It's, it's access, access to, to information, information through remote assistance. The Flutter code base allows us to make changes to the IRA Explorer app much more dynamically. Here's a little bit about the changes made to the app in version 1.4. IRA Explorer new features. We'll start in the IRA Explorer app. We're using iOS for this demo, but it will work similarly in Android. Place one finger in the center of the phone to get started. Call an IRA agent. Button. Single finger swipe right. Attach message or files. Button. Double tap. Text field is message. Text field is editing. Character mode. Insertion point at start. Here we are in the message. If we want to send a message with this post to the agent, single finger swipe right. Attach files. Button. We can attach files. Single finger swipe right. I can't talk out loud right now. Switch button. Off. There's the I can't talk aloud right now button. Call an IRA agent button. And here we can call an agent. The new feature is located under attach files. I can't talk out loud right. Attach files button. Single finger double tap. And single finger swipe right. Close the attach files dialog button. What do you want to attach? Photos button. Here you notice you can attach either photos. Files button. Or files. The photos are taken from your camera roll in iOS. On Android, you can attach photos from wherever your photos are stored. Let's attach a couple photos. Photos button. Cancel button. And now I should be in my camera roll. I'm just going to single finger swipe right. Selected. Photos button. Albums button. Add. Dink button. Photos. People. Places. Search field. I'm just swiping through my camera roll. Dictate button. Vertical scroll bar, eight pages. Photo time, nine minutes and 32 seconds a.m. A piece of paper with text and numbers on the table. M. And I'm just going to mute that. I'm going to go ahead and select this photo. I just took it, so I'm going to select it. Selected. Photo time, photo time, nine minutes and 32 seconds a.m. A piece of paper with text. And there is another photo that I have selected. Now I've got two, and I'm going to go to the upper right. Photos, people, add, button. And I'm going to tap on add. Add. Text field is message. Text field is editing. Character mode. Insertion point at start. Now let's take a look at the screen. I'm going to single finger swipe right. We've returned to the IRA Explorer messaging screen. Attach files. Button. I can't talk out loud right now. Remove IMG underscore 0170 JPEG. Button. There's one of our images. Remove IMG underscore 169 JPEG. Button. And there's our second image. Call an IRA agent with two files. Button. And call an IRA agent with two files. Now, I can also go in here and attach a file if I want, along with the photos. But what I'm going to do is go back up here to the message feature and type a little note for our agent. Remove I. Remove I. I can't talk out loud right now. Attach files. Button. Message. Text field. Is editing. Character mode. Insertion point at start. And we'll just dictate this. Hi, we're doing a demo for the IRA website on attaching photos, full stop. Inserted hi, we're doing a demo for the IRA website on attaching photos. 
We'll also be cropping these photos and looking at the privacy feature and double tap to end a call, full stop. Thanks for your help, full stop. Inserted will also be cropping these photos and looking at the privacy feature and double tap to end a call. Thanks for your help. Call an IRA agent with two files. Button. And I will single finger double tap. Call it loading. Call, call IRA. Waiting for agent. Waiting for agent. Connecting to agent. Connecting to agent Sid. Thank Connected you. with agent Hi, Sid. This is Sid. I'm reading your message. Hope you're doing well this morning. Hey, Sid. How are you? Well, we're doing a demo of the IRA website on attaching photos. We'll be cropping these photos and looking at the privacy feature and double tap at the end of the call. Yes. And I do see two pictures. I am looking at the message. I am downloading these pictures. And while you're doing that, I'm going to take a look at the privacy feature here. Duration, 43 seconds. Open message panel. But turn on privacy mode button. And here we see how we can open the message panel. We can turn on the privacy mode. Let's see what our options. More options. We button. also have more options. So let's go into more options. And switch to front camera. Button. Switch to front camera. Turn off microphone. Turn button. off microphone. Turn off camera. Button. Turn off camera. Turn off camera. Button. And those are our options. So I'm going to escape out of that. Connected with agent Sid. So you have a number of privacy mode features there. Connected with agent Sid. Duration. Open message panel. Button. And I'm going to open the message panel so that when Sid sends me back these pictures, I can get them. Open back. Close message panel. Button. There we go. I am saving these images. And if you could title those hotel receipts, that would be awesome. Janine, would you like uh, anything specific more as far as, uh, I mean, there are two different receipts, so. You can just do page one and page two. Here we Button. go. Agent, file attached. Hotel underscore receipt underscore page underscore one ah. JPEG. And? Agent, downloading file. And I'm downloading file downloaded. that file, and that will appear Download hotel underscore receipt underscore page underscore one JPEG. Agent, file attached. Download hotel underscore receipt underscore page underscore two JPEG. And Button. here is page two. Yay. Download downloading file. File downloaded. All right, and both of those files have been downloaded. Thank you so much, Sid. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity to assist Janine as always, and hope you have a fabulous rest of your day. Thanks. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Open message panel. Duration: five minutes twenty four seconds. Call ended. And you need to get out of the message panel before you end the call. So once you download those two files that the agent has sent you back or whatever you're exchanging with the agent, you want to go back to your main screen and then you can do your magic tap, which is a two-finger double tap to end the call. And now we're on our rating screen. Feedback. Heading. How is agent said? Agent rating. Button. Dismiss. Good. Button. Back. Button. Feedback. How is agent said? Agent rating. Goods. Any comments? Text field. Is editing. Character mode. Insertion point at start. We will just put some comments in here for Sid. Thanks, Sid, for the thorough job on the demo. Full stop. Inserted thanks, Sid, for the thorough job on the demo. Agent rating. Good selected. Button. Any comments? Text. Thank agent Sid. Switch button. Off. On. And we will thank agent Sid with a gold star. Or the equivalent thereof. How was the IRA app? How was the IRA app? app? Button. Dismiss. Good. Button. Back. Button. And we won't put any comments in here about the app. I'm going to go. Any comments. Provide additional feedback. Button. 
Any comments? Provide additional feedback. Submit button. Single finger double tap on submit. Loading. Thank you. Home. Heading. And we're ready to go again. So those are our two new features, the ability to download photos as well as files, photos from your camera roll in iOS, and the magic tap has been added to quickly end a call. The app is constantly changing, though, so stay tuned to iRecast and keep that app updated in iOS and Android. That's it for this edition of iRecast. Thanks for listening to IraCast. To learn more about visual interpreting, visit our website, http colon slash slash A-I-R-A.io. You can speak with one of our customer care team at 1-800-835-1934 or email them at support at ira.io. I'm Janine Stanley for IraCast.